Our reading is from John chapter 16, verses 25 to 33, and is part of the conversation Jesus had with his disciples shortly before he was crucified. Though I have been speaking figuratively, a time is coming and with, when I will no longer use this kind of language, but will tell you plainly about my Father. In that day, you will ask in my name. I am not saying that I will ask the Father on your behalf. No, the Father himself loves you because you have loved me and have believed that I come from God. I came from the Father and entered the world. Now I am leaving the world and going back to the Father. Then Jesus' disciples said, Now you are speaking clearly and without figures of speech. Now we can see that you know all things and that you do not even need to have anyone ask you questions. This makes us believe that you came from God. You believe at last, Jesus answered, but a time is coming and has come when you will be scattered each to his own home. You will leave me all alone, yet I am not alone, for my Father is with me. I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. It's great to see you engaging with this service in the chat and uh, some lovely comments coming through. Congratulations to Jonathan Hibbs for remembering uh, all the different items in Martin's memory game earlier on. Now, as I came to these words that Francis has just read to us earlier this week, when I was thinking particularly about the service today, I found that they spoke to me in a new and very powerful way. Jesus and his disciples were together in one room, but soon they were to go outside. And then as Jesus was arrested, the disciples would scatter. Indeed, Mark tells us that they all deserted him and fled. And that is predicted here when Jesus said that each one of you would be scattered to your own home and would leave Jesus alone. Although he went on to say that he would not really be alone because the Father was with him. And it was that little phrase that the time is coming and in fact has come when you will be scattered. And here we are today scattered in our own homes. We would love to all be in the same place but that is not possible. In the last few weeks, we have been able to gather a small congregation in church, but even now, that uh, we cannot do. And maybe as some of you are scattered today, you might also be feeling alone. But God is saying to you today that you are not alone, because God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit is with you right where you are now. And then Jesus went on to bring to the disciples the gift of his peace. He says that there will be trouble in the world, but that he has overcome the world, and that they should take heart, look up and be encouraged, and know the gift of peace which comes through Jesus Christ. That gift of peace is part of the character of God. 
It's one of the titles of Jesus when he calls himself the Prince of Peace, or he is given the title, the Prince of Peace. And it's part of the fruit of the Spirit. It's deeply embedded in who God is and what he does. And today God wants you and me to know his gift of peace. And so I would like to take a moment to explore the meaning of peace in the context of this passage, and then to apply that to the turmoil of the world today, and also the turmoil which may be in your heart and life right now. I wonder what comes to your mind when I mention the word peace. I think for most people, it is something to do with the absence of conflict. We talk about peace and quiet. When the arguments have stopped, when there is stillness and calm, or when a much larger global conflict has come to an end. The absence of noise, the absence of disturbance, the absence of conflict. But in the words of Jesus, peace is not so much to do with the absence of anything, but rather to do with the presence of Christ himself. In a previous chapter, in John 14 and verse 27, Jesus says, peace I leave with you, my own peace I give to you. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. So much more than the absence of conflict, true peace is all to do with the presence of Christ. And the root meaning of the word peace comes from the Hebrew term shalom in the Old Testament. And that is a powerful word describing a state of harmony and completeness of life shaped with good relationships with other people, with a healthy understanding of yourself and a genuine acceptance of the gift of God. This way of life was demonstrated perfectly in Jesus himself. He lived a life of true peace, such that the peace he offered to the disciples was the gift of himself. In particular, we can say a few more things about the peace of Jesus. The peace of Jesus is an inward peace. It's not dependent upon outward circumstances. Jesus knew a lot of hostility around him in the time when he was saying the, these words, Jerusalem was incredibly tense. And yet he was able to live with peace in his heart. The peace of Jesus is linked very much to purpose and vocation. Jesus knew where he had come from and where he was going. He says in the passage that we heard just a few moments ago, I came from the Father and entered the world, and now I'm leaving the world and going back to the Father. And he knew why he was here in that time in which he lived here on earth. And that overall purpose became the focus for all his activity. And within that purpose was a deep and lasting peace a real understanding that God was in control and that Jesus knew and lived constantly within the presence and purpose of his heavenly Father. And the peace of Jesus then came out of his obedience to the Father. The prophet Isaiah said to the people of Israel, if you had paid attention to my commands, your peace would have been like a river, your well-being like the waves of a sea. Jesus did pay attention 
to God his Father and to the purposes of God. And even when that way seemed overwhelmingly difficult, he prayed in the Garden of Gethsemane, not my will, but yours be done. And he lived with overwhelming peace. Today is Remembrance Sunday. And as we reflect on the pain and suffering, in particular of the human cost of war, and those who died in the two world wars and in subsequent hostilities, when we think about the statistics of World War I, they are horrendous. 65 million people fought in the world, uh, in World War I, on both sides of the conflict. That is the same as the entire population of the UK today. 18 million were killed and 23 million were wounded. From Britain alone, 6 million men fought. 1.7 million were wounded and over three quarters of a million died. That is loss of life on a massive scale. Subsequent conflicts have seen much lower numbers of people dying, but every life is precious, and every loss in war is a great tragedy. And today there are regular outbreaks of ongoing conflict in many African countries, in the Middle East, in parts of Asia, Europe, and America. Our world is not short of conflict and war. And then, of course, there are those who would describe the coronavirus outbreak as an invisible enemy which the world is fighting. It may not be the best kind of language to use, but there is no doubt that this virus has swept across the whole world in a very short time. It has created huge devastation, loss of life, economic hardship, personal tragedy for many people. Where is the gift of peace in our world of conflict and turmoil? The answer is the same for us as it was for Jesus. Peace is a gift of God which is to be found in the right relationship with God, with other people, and within our own heart and mind. The gift of peace does not wait until the end of war. It is God's gift within the turmoil and conflicts around us. Paul's writing in Romans 5.1 makes this clear. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. We have it now through our believing in Jesus. Trusting in Jesus is the only place to begin so that God can offer his gift of peace. It may not remove the conflict, but it enables us to face that conflict with a real experience of God's peace in our heart. And from that place of peace, we can seek to bring peace where there is war, whether on a small scale in situations that we might know about or the larger scale of various conflicts around the world. In particular, we are called to pray for peace for those who are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life. And alongside our prayers, we're called to strive for economic and social justice. In recent times, the challenge of racism has been very stark, and we need to actively build the best possible relationships across all cultural and social boundaries so that we can be seen to be engaging in this precisely because we are Christians as an expression of Christ's love and peace. Jesus said, blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. 
All of this is important today. But for me, there is something even more significant in what Jesus said to his disciples. I think that each of them were going through their own personal turmoil at this time. They'd witnessed Jesus washing their feet. They'd shared a meal. Judas had left the room. Tensions were rising. Jesus was talking about his own departure. Turmoil was going on in each of their minds and lives. They were feeling far from peaceful. In that context, Jesus promised his peace and assured them that he had overcome the world. And maybe today you feel a little bit overwhelmed by everything that is going on. Whether you think of global conflicts, coronavirus, racial justice, political upheavals, future uncertainties, or whether it's the day-to-day questions of how to cope with the current lockdown, or the inner loneliness which some of you feel so deeply. And that big question of when and how will all of this end. You and I today are in a place where we need to receive God's peace right now. Psalm 43.5 says, Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. I believe that the Lord is here today with his gift of peace. His arms are open wide to welcome you now. His spirit is reaching across all boundaries to bless you now. These are not just words. These are spiritual realities. May I encourage you now to invite the Holy Spirit to come, knowing, of course, that he is already here. Open your heart. Surrender your mind. Bring stillness to your soul. Let God give you his own gift of peace. The song that we're about to hear is new. And the author is Marcus Pagnum, who shares a little of the story of how it came about. And this is what he says. I started work on this song after a rather depressing conversation with a hairdresser who, while cutting my hair, told me repeatedly how hopeless she felt about the state of the world particularly the environment and politics. I struggled to coherently answer helpfully and went home empathizing with her gloominess and yet knowing that there is a certain and bright hope in Christ. And so the words of Psalm 42.11 came to mind and a new song grew from there. Why are you downcast, O my soul, so full of fear where once was hope? Remember, God still loves the world. Be still, my soul.